Good morning. Welcome to Muddy Water. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We have an incredible episode today. We talked with Kyle Bailey for a long-ass time about movies and shit and about what he does. It was a, a really fun episode, to be honest with you. Really, really fun. Um, let's see what we have in store. It is time for Muddy Water today, the 17th of May. Nothing special, but it kind of sounded special when I thought about it. 17th of May. They should put that in a movie or something. That way, I can always remember this day. Incredible podcast. Stay tuned. We got Kyle Bailey on Muddy Water. Hey, is this Kyle? Hey. Hey, how's it going, man? Yes, sir. All right. It's going good. <laughs> good, good. It's gonna be a little raw, so uh I hope that's, that's okay. Fine. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. Um so basically what what do you do exactly? Like I, I watch your Facebook feed like crazy because you're always <laughs> have these amazing like what what would you call them reviews of like all these movies? I mean, it's awesome. So like anytime I wanna know what I should have felt about a movie, I go to your channel. <laughs> You know, so so I guess for the movie reviews, at least I started doing movie reviews. Oh, man, I think back when I was in high school, I used to actually like write them out on uh, on paper. And when Facebook came around, I sort of, I guess, transitioned into doing like somehow little blurbs like I do a few paragraphs on a movie. And I don't know if 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 I like a movie enough, I'll. I'll I'll write something out on a on a status and just let people know how I feel. And if I like something a lot, you know, I'll, I'll write a lot. And if I really don't like something, I may still write a lot. But um, I I don't know. I I guess I just like there are, there are a lot of a lot of opinions that people have on the internet, obviously, and a lot of other reviewers who are a lot more uh, you know professional than I am. Uh, but I guess I just like to put what I think out there, uh, in, in simple terms. I don't like, you know, being too, uh, <laughs> literary with stuff. I, I just like, you know, saying how I feel plainly for people. And, uh, I guess, I guess a decent amount of people, or at least out of my friends, they, they seem to enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, I know I personally enjoy it. I, I think it's great, but like, you know, I just got to thinking about it and I was like, you know, well, just a little like preview, like um, this podcast, basically we just talk a lot about um, like why things are the way they are, you know, Mm -hmm. like look deeper on what you see, like what's behind the scenes, what's hidden, you know, those sorts of things. And it just, it made me think about like, you obviously have like this passion, you know, for like the fictional movie universe. Like it's something you really enjoy and you get a lot out of. I wonder what value do you see in it? Like, you know, how does that drive you? So there's, I think there's, that's a really good question, first of all. Um, And I think it's a question that not a lot of people ask enough. Um, So like, not to call her out right here, but like my mom, she can watch a movie and enjoy it, but not look much deeper than what's on the surface. And I think if you make something as big as a movie, even if it's a small movie or a documentary or, you know, you had, you know, $10 for the budget or you had, you know, 
ten million dollars for the budget or a hundred million dollars. Are we back? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I, I don't know what happened there. Just so the audience knows, we cut out, and but now we found each other once again. Once again. Uh, Man, I was on a roll, too. I was on this huge explanation, and then no one answered, and I felt so alone. I know. <laughs> I I felt like I was in a movie in that moment when it cut out. And I was <laughs> it like, was so cinematic, what? right? <laughs> I know. I was like, what's going to happen? Where is he? Oh, my gosh. I need to know the rest. So I I'm... I'm just going to keep looking at my phone and I, I mean, it could have been my phone, like just shut off or something. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep track of it from now on. All right. Well, let's hear where we left off. The last thing I heard you say was who spent hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think I was saying, you know, no matter how big or small your budget is, if it's $10 or a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred million, um, for this this thing you want to make, this this movie, this story you want to tell and show people, um, I think that there's you know there's a reason and a passion that someone has to have in order to create something like that. And the thing I really enjoy about movies uh, is that you know you can enjoy them on two levels. You can enjoy them on the surface, uh, you know, just pure entertainment value or dramatic value or comedic value. But then you go deeper and you find out you know, what is it that really makes this movie tick? Like, why is this movie the way it is? Why were the choices made, you know, by the director or the cinematographer or the composer? And I feel like finding out the reasons for those choices just can bring so many more movies up, you know, another level on on at least my entertainment scale. Like, my mom can just watch a movie and just be like, okay, yeah, I enjoyed that. But I can watch a movie and I can do that same thing too, but, I, you know, it's like there's there's like a hidden layer beneath everything that if you really dive in deep and, and look, um, I feel like you can you can oftentimes get a lot more out of a movie if you spend a little bit of time with it, if you think about it um, in, a, in a bit of a more critical way. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy writing the reviews is because it, it lets me do that. Right. I, I can sort of parse through what I think of the movie and and you know, come to some realization that maybe I didn't realize before. Yeah, it's a deeper philosophic view of the story, right? Mm -hmm. It, mm -hmm. I, I think that maybe some people don't understand that you're not always just looking at the pictures. You're actually getting to know a character, you know? Mm. And that's what I love about it. And it, it seems like you understand that. Like when you watch a movie, you get that deeper viewpoint that uh like the rest of the iceberg type thing yeah and i mean th like that's i don't mean to say that like everyone needs to do that for every movie um it's i just think it's there for the people who want to you know to look under the water you know and see the rest of the iceberg like you said to use your metaphor and um you know it's it, it's it's something that I think is, is good, you know, to do because you can find that in everything, not just movies. You can find that in, you know, art, uh, pictures, photography, designs, uh, books, you know, like, like you can read something and, uh, you know, get, get one thing out of it. But if you, if you spend a little bit more time with it, if you look at, you know, like the history behind it, you, you'll get another story too. And I feel like why, why only go for half of the story? 
you know, like why, why not try and get the full picture on something? It, it just makes it a little bit more real for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the way that you put that, you know, it's <laughs> like, because it's not, it's not a reality because obviously it's staged. Oh yeah. But we, through our own imaginations can bring it to life, mm-hmm. you know? And, oh, sorry. You go for it. Uh, I was just going to say, how far is it that you want to take that experience? You know, I think that when you put yourself in an alternate reality, you can learn a lot about yourself. Mm. You know, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's a director called Catherine Bigelow uh, and she made, uh, what did she make? She made this movie called the hurt locker, which won best picture a couple years ago. She made uh, zero dark 30 with Jessica Chastain about the, the Navy seals who went in and got Osama bin Laden and um, some of her movies are pretty controversial, but she has, she, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but she's said this, this quote that I think was like, my job as the director is to hold up a mirror to the world. And it's not my fault what people see in that reflection, right? So like people mm-hmm. can see all different, all different types of things in, in different types of movies. And, you know, it's it's honest it's it's truth for some people and i feel like that's important you know that that can be art it can be entertainment it can be both uh and i i feel like the fact that movies are able to do that specifically to create like you said those realities that are also reflections right like like they're they're they can be the most fantastic like out of this world experience but then there are also elements of those experiences that you're like, wow, you know what? That really rings true for me. Or that, that is, that is something that I can see in myself or see in, you know, the world today. And that's, you know, that's cool. That's important. And uh, you know, why, why ignore that? I said, I guess is, is my thing. And, you know, to make things even more realistic, you go into a movie theater, you sit down, you get comfortable, the lights come down, and all you're looking at is this window into another <laughs> world. But it's, yeah. you know, it's you do everything you can to make it as real as it can be, um, you know, regardless of people talking over the movie or whatever like that. Um, <laughs> right. We're the worst types of people. But, uh, you know, you do everything you can and the theaters, you know, try and, and give you a good experience so that you can be immersed in this thing and, and get you know, the most, oh, yeah. the most amount of information out of it. And I feel like, you know, like we, we do that on a daily basis with, with all types of media and art and, and movies are just one of like the biggest <laughs> oh, you know, sure. cultural things that we do. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, 100% man. That's, you know, I almost, I, I wonder about art. I think sometimes I, I try to look at art as something of beauty Mm. rather than looking at it in that way of like, how is this going to push me, you know, Mm. push the imagination. And I think that movies hit people uh, so hard because it, it gives you a chance to test that reality. Yeah. And so like you get to kind of insert yourself in the story in a lively way to where you can actually relate to it to where you know maybe you could see this different point of view yeah and i mean movies you know all like all art can do that i feel like but movies you know there's something there's something about seeing 
seeing those visuals happening, you know, in real time and, Mm -hmm. you know, art on its own, like just like paintings or, or sculptures or, or anything like that is so subjective. And it's so, it's so one-sided where, you know, like the artist does something with a very specific meaning and not everyone will get that meaning because I feel like not everyone is as attuned to thinking critically about specifically like art as they are thinking about movies because everyone grows Mm -hmm. up with movies and TV. Not everyone grows up going like to, you know, art museums and stuff like that, but, but movies and entertainment and stuff like that, people are just are ready to think about those things critically, or at least think about them deeper than what's on the surface. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a catch all for, I guess, storytelling and, and, and getting ideas across to different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree 100%. That's, you know, I, I remember when I first be, just became obsessed with like the movie watching process. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, you know, I, when I was younger, I watched everything, you know, I, I didn't care what it was, whatever I scrolled through on Netflix, I was about, it. I was going to watch it. It just didn't matter because I just wanted that experience. You know, I was, I was kind of like, you know, an experience junkie with it, you know, like, getting lost in these storylines to where <coughs> you kind of just see how far you can go. Yeah. I mean, binging is great for that now, like on Netflix, like you can just, <laughs> yeah. like you said, like exactly like you said, like you can just get lost in something, which is, you know, it's great. It, it's terrible when you lose sleep, but you know, it's great for <laughs> the entertainment value and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I remember so an iconic series for me, like one in my life. I have multiple ones. I have three iconic series for me in my life. Okay. The one I'm going to talk about now, the first one I experienced was Breaking Bad. Oh man. That that was the first one that I experienced that really pushed my mind, you know. Yeah. It, yeah, it really stretched my um stretched my imagination and it really pushed me to think about the world in a different way. It was actually an enlightening experience for me. Almost, almost. And almost enlightening. Yeah. Well, maybe full blown enlightening. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I want to take it that far. You're still still coming down from it. So maybe (laughs) it ended five years ago, but I mean, great. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I mean, I had a very similar experience with that show. Um, I remember like specifically being, I think it started the year before I was in college or the year I went to college. And I just remember seeing commercials for that show and, and trailers and like something about it just didn't jive with me at all. Like, I was just like, I don't, I don't really like the way this looks like it looks like dirty and like, like it's kind of like the, I don't like the colors. Like I'm, I'm, I can be pretty like visually oriented sometimes where it's like, Oh, you know, like the aesthetics don't or do work for me. And it just, I couldn't get over this weird hump with that show for the longest time. And then (laughs) I think it was like sophomore year of college uh, a friend of mine was like, dude, you have to check out this show. And it, I think it was season three by that point, season three or season four. 
And I was like, all right, look, uh, I'll try it. Like, I will watch, I'll give it two episodes, but I, I don't think I'm going to like it. And I sat down and watched the first episode, which is, you know, for anyone who's seen it, is like this one of the best like pilots ever made. And <laughs> yeah. I, I was just like, all I remember thinking as the credits rolled, rolled uh, on that first pilot was like, crap like i actually like this like i actually enjoy it way more than i thought i would and then you oh, know yeah. i i binged i'm pretty sure i binged up to whatever season airing and then as soon as i caught up i was like dude we have to watch this together with my, with my friend <laughs> and um yeah. you know i it's you know, that show is uh for lack of a better term like it was religion for some people for the five seasons it was on or whatever like it was it was a weekly ritual where it's like okay we got to sit down we got to get ready for breaking bad and you know there are tons of shows like that now but but breaking bad i feel like was so special and it was there's something about that show whether it's you know the the acting or the directing the writing you know it, it just does it did things that other shows never did and, and right. I, I feel like that's one of the reasons why so many people were were so easily obsessed with it in the best way. Yeah, who whoever AMC had on their staff at that time, they should have kept them forever because <laughs> Mad Men was on at that time too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Have you ever gotten into Mad Men before? I so I I do this with shows that I I really shouldn't do anymore but um I will get really into a show and watch maybe the first half of a season or something and then I get distracted whether it's because of work or you know I'm traveling or whatever and then when I get back to having free time again I like never remember the show or I'm always like oh there's this new thing that I that I need to watch so I did that with Mad Men I think I got halfway through the first season and I was like this is really good uh I really love like the characters and the story and the the you know the aesthetic of of the the show itself you know in the in what in the 60s and whatever and uh or 50s I can't remember when it starts it's been a while since I've seen it but I just completely like never picked it up again and i, I i'm angry at myself because i know i need to i know i will at some point but um i did love what i watched but i i do need to finish it yeah man it was it was uh both of those shows enlightening for me extremely enlightening yeah uh, but that uh that leads me to uh my next question which is uh how do you view like spirituality and belief in terms of film um that's another good question i think if you're talking uh, let me let me ask for some clarification do you mean like films that like a like an overtly christian film like what do i think of that or are you asking like what do i think of any movie that deals with you know spirituality or, or faith or anything well, I would say like, hmm, where do we, what direction do we want to take this? <laughs> you know, I can I can answer both if you want. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Let me let me let me back up and go go to the first one. So, there are you know movies like God's Not Dead, right? Like there's I think they're coming out with what a third one or a fourth one or whatever. 
Um, and then there are movies like, um, let me think of a, a Christian based movie that I enjoyed. Um, there's a movie called Noah by uh, Aaron. What is his name? He directed, I'm really, I'm terrible with names <laughs> uh, right now. Uh, Aaron Darinovsky, sorry, or Darren Aronofsky. I got the names mixed up. He okay. directed a movie called <laughs> called Noah with Russell Crowe and Jennifer Connelly and Emma right. Watson. Uh, I can remember the actors' names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I would I would not say that Noah is even a great movie. Like I, there are parts of it that I enjoyed, but it was definitely a little a little wonky in places. But when it comes to dealing with portrayals of spirituality or biblical stuff, um, faith-based stuff, I feel like parts of Noah, which again is not necessarily a, a great movie, parts do biblical storytelling more justice than God's Not Dead does, which is you know an overtly Christian film. Um, and I feel like God's Not Dead is a movie that is essentially preaching to the choir and it it in it basically strengthens stereotypes that people have about something that is controversial to begin with um and you know that happens on good and on and bad terms right like for me uh when I watched God's Not Dead it was it came across as being very um sort of I'll say this again, like overtly Christian, like so much so that it was full of cliches and full yeah. of things that you, you know, you knew how this was going to turn out or right. it turned out, even if it was unexpected, it turned out in a way that maybe didn't feel true to life. Um, now right. contrast, mm -hmm. contrast that with Noah, um, which was, you know, uh, Darren Aronofsky is, is an atheist. He, he, I think he was like a, a, Hasidic Jew growing up or something like that. He was, he was very sort of engrossed in, in Jewish culture. And then he became an atheist. And so you're like, well, why would this atheist direct this movie about, you know, a, a story in the book of Genesis? Like what, why does, is that happening? And I feel like there's, there's a point with a lot of movies that deal with faith-based stuff or, or spiritual stuff where you know, you have to come to a certain point as, as the audience of, okay, maybe this person understands what I believe in a different way, but I still feel like it's interesting to, to watch that on screen, right? To, to see how another person understands something. And again, like Noah is, you know, if I remember correctly, like a lot of Christians sort of said, Oh, like, don't go watch that crap. Like it's, it's not, it's not the real story of what happened. And it's funny because at the beginning of the movie, I'm pretty sure there's a disclaimer that says like, look, this movie is based off of a story that is thousands of years old and has gone through many interpretations. This is just one more interpretation, you know, like you can believe what you want to believe, this is just something that we, we choose to do on our own. And I feel like somehow like that's a little more, that's a little more honest than what God's not dead does. And I, I respect it a lot more than 
overtly Christian movies that rely on stereotypes and cliches and stuff like that. Like it, it may not have been successful um, and it may not have won a lot of people over to Christianity, if any, but it was, you know, it was, it was more honest in a way for me. And I, I feel like movies that deal with spirituality and faith or Christianity or religion, you have to come at it from an, from an honest perspective and, doing something that is preaching to the choir and rehashing something that people have seen before in, you know, like a, a slicker way or something like that. That's not honest. That's just cashing in. And um, I don't know. I, 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 I guess that's just what I feel like with, with a lot of faith-based movies today. Yeah. See, I, <clears throat> I'm not religious myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of, I'm an agnostic. So yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't really know <laughs> one of those kind of people. So the thing I liked about movies like uh, Noah uh, and the one uh, about Moses that came out not too long ago. Um, I can't remember. Exodus? Yes. <laughs> God's, God's and Kings or whatever. Yeah. Like what I liked about them is that they push – the boundary of what you think, you mm. know? Yeah. And the fact is, um, mm-hmm. when, when people are offended by these films, it kind of proves that their whole belief is truly just belief, you know? Yeah. Because they don't have a reality to base it on in the first place. So someone adds a, it becomes weird when someone puts a reality with it rather than becoming weird with belief, if you know what I mean, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I guess I would agree with that. Um, It's interesting because like with internet culture and, and just modern society, we get offended so easily by anything that we don't agree with. And my, one of my biggest like pet peeves is, (laughs) and I, guilty of this too i think everyone's guilty of this but specifically with religion um to to not open yourself up to other people's interpretations of things to other ideas other you know historical findings and stuff like that or in this case that we're talking about to not open yourself up to other forms of entertainment that deal with what you believe in. I, I feel like that's, that's dangerous because you create, uh, what is it called? Um, an echo chamber, right? Like, like people have these echo chambers on Facebook where they're just bombarded with stuff that they already agree with. And right. it just, inf- it enforces, um, you know, like a, like a perception. Yeah. A certain perception that people might have about <laughs> something that, you know, could actually be wrong but because all they're hearing is stuff that they want to hear, you know, it just enforces those ideas even more um, and entrenches those people in their beliefs. And I feel like that's dangerous to just blindly believe something without, you know, experiencing other people's opinions on, on that same thing. So, you know, to, to, to only watch Christian movies or to only consume Christian media, like that's, that's dangerous. I mean, that's, that's not something that, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be safe all the time, I guess, 
is what I'm trying to say. Like you should go out of your comfort zone and try and try and experience something and, and earn your beliefs essentially. Uh, and I, I guess that's, that's what I believe as far as that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have to agree even as an uh, agnostic I have to say that uh, sometimes I'm forced to challenge myself on like um, how far I'll go, you know, mm-hmm. like, will you give uh, these concepts a look, you know? Yeah. Will you, will you watch this movie? That's religious. So like, I guess there's kind of some respect there in like what they're trying to do. Like, I appreciate that they're finally using a medium that I can actually become a part of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I said this before, but like, I'm guilty of that where it's like, I'll see a trailer for a Christian, like the, the third God's not dead movie. Like I have no interest in seeing that movie. Um, And, you know, maybe there is something in there that I'll find poignant or particularly um, meaningful, but I like, like I don't want to experience that movie because I'm, pretty sure of what i'll get out of it um and you know like that's not right like some like what i said at the top um someone spent time and money and effort into making this thing and you know if if it seems if it seems decent um you know like it's like it's not overtly like bashing someone which you know christian movies can do sometimes but you shouldn't just automatically write it off and that's you know that's something I'm guilty of doing a lot with Christian movies is I'll, I'll just write them off and I need to work on that and, and get a little better with that. But I'll also say Christian movies need to get better. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like they, they just need to step up their game a little bit, but um, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you feel that in the last, like maybe like even five to 10 years, do you feel that movies have just uh, gotten to new levels, not just in like graphic, but like in how deep they are? It seems like there's some real art being put out right now. Do you, I mean, do you feel that way? To a certain extent, I think I do. Um, there is obviously there's more people making movies than there used to be. Right. Um, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. So you have more noise to cut through to get to the really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before it was sort of, there were a certain set of rules that people had to follow in order to make a movie that people actually saw in theaters. And I don't think that because there's more people that necessarily changes what people are trying with movies. Like, I feel like there have always been people who have been experimenting. Um, um, you know, even, even someone like Orson Welles who made citizen Kane, you know, he was, ex- you know, when he made that movie, essentially he was doing stuff that no one else was doing as far as like, just, you know, technical stuff like deep focus, having, you know, the thing in the foreground that's close to you in focus, while having the th- the background that's normally blurry also be in focus. Like that's, you know, like no one was doing that at the time and it was a, a brand new technique. And today, you know, you have stuff, people experimenting with, 
3D or um, those 4D like seats that shutter and stuff like that. Right. And that's yeah. that's that's on like a purely technical side. We're not even talking about like the story stuff. Like Alfred Hitchcock was, you know, I mean, people remember Hitchcock because of how he constructed constructed his stories in his in his films. And, you know, when someone does something like that today, they say, oh, he's like the new Hitchcock or something, or, or she's the new, I don't know, Hitchcock. And um, I feel like, I feel like maybe part of, like, I have to say yes and no to your question, because essentially, like, there are more people doing more things that are different now than there used to be. But I, I also don't think that that should be, like, I don't think we should look back on, the past as being like, Oh, well, they didn't really do much. Like, like they, they set the groundwork, but they didn't do, you know, as much as we're doing now. I, th I think that's, I think that's sort of disingenuous to the people. Not that that's what you were saying, but um, I feel like that's, that can be disingenuous to the people who, who allowed film to grow and expand into what it is today. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess I see your point with that because there are some really like great older films. Like mm -hmm. um, I grew up watching two films um, with uh, what's the Stewart guy. He was in all those old Jimmy films. Stewart. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I grew up watching Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah. It's a wonderful life. Uh, you can't take it with you. Um, great all great movies and it's like i would have missed that experience if i had kind of not been willing to accept a uh i guess a a bolder story and a a duller picture you know yeah no and i mean if you think about it like looking back in the history of film and stuff like that like people created genres of film you know like there was the adventure genre or the comedy, um, you know, the uh, a noir, you know, like Double Indemnity, I think, or the Maltese Falcon. One of those is like very close to being or is, you know, the first official like noir detective story. Um, and, um, you know, there's like you can you can no longer purely create a genre anymore. Like it's it's so hard to do that because there've been so many iterations on things. And I think, again, I don't know who said this, but there's a quote somewhere that's like, everything is essentially just a remix of something that's come before. And mm -hmm. the remix in itself is something new, but you're pulling from elements of things that people have already like established. Not that there's anything wrong with that because like, I, I, I certainly could not come up with a new genre that someone couldn't be like, oh, it's just this, or it's, you know, you're just pulling from the action genre and smashing it in with a, you know, like a black and white thriller or something like that. Like it's a remix, but then you get down to it and it's like, well, it's kind of a new thing. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to differentiate sometimes, but um, I, I, I have such a love for film history and for people who, who helped, grow movies at the beginning that i i'm i'm always super careful of like well don't forget like don't forget about those people because we would not be having avengers infinity war you know without <laughs> you know uh 
Orson Welles or something like that. Right. Like, like literally like he helped grow this, this art form into something that was respectable enough to, you know, modern day executives willing to spend $250 million on something like that's right. crazy. But, you know, if, if he hadn't done that, if, if Hitchcock hadn't been so successful, if, if movies had just sort of, you know, sort of been maintained as a sort of Nickelodeon style thing where it was like, Oh, look at this, like, little side attraction here like at this carnival like isn't that cute and then you know now we have a multi-billion dollar industry based on that and it might not have happened without those people that helped grow it so i'm always very protective of of film history much like um like someone like christopher nolan who or who uh loves preserving like film and stuff like that so I, i have a lot of respect for those guys yeah christopher nolan he's amazing but yeah he's he's uh he's definitely on on a another level than most other directors yeah yeah um all right so we're running out of time but there's sure. one one specific movie i really want to talk to you about sure sure ready player one. Oh man oh boy okay so i watched this movie and i wasn't familiar with the book at all sure all right so i came to this and i had no clue what this movie was about so i just came to it with an open mind and that movie touched me like so close you know like it was so (laughs) close to home i was like i feel like this is the first film ever made that is truly for our generation like oh yeah it's absolutely i um so i i did read the book um and I have a lot of love for that book. I know that right now it's sort of, it's cool to hate on Ready Player One because uh, nerds love to hate on things other nerds make. Um, <laughs> and um, I saw the movie with my brother and my sister and my mom and my best friend and his girlfriend. And it was like a big thing that I've been looking forward to for years, ever since it was announced. And, uh, you know, I love Steven Spielberg. I practically grew up on Jurassic Park right um, as like one of my favorite movies of all time so I I was I was firmly ready to already love the movie without even seeing it um which you know that's a bit biased but come on it's a fun summer blockbuster you can you can allow a little bias and uh man I I really liked it I I really really enjoyed it and it's very much like you said you know, it, it it's a movie for our generation. It's a movie for anyone who grew up within pop culture. And even my mom, who, you know, she was like you. She didn't read the book at all. She doesn't play video games. Um, but she's seen, you know, like a lot of the movies that it referenced. And right. she, was f- she was familiar enough with those uh, references and those concepts to understand what each scene was doing. She may not have gotten you know, like the little tiny flashes of like, oh, there's that character. But to understand the movie and to to get the broad strokes, you don't need to do that. Um, And I think think Ready Player One's interesting because people love to say that, oh, it's it's the reference movie, right? Like it's the movie that, it's the there's that movie. It's, oh, there's that thing. Oh, there's that thing. Oh, cool, they have this in here. And that's true to a certain extent. But you can't have 
any sort of movie that's purely based on references without first having a story that's sort of grounded in its own reality. And I feel like Spielberg does such a good job of realizing, you know, the, the reality of 20, what, 2045 or whatever in Columbus right. and, and creating these very detailed and well thought out ideas of what the future could be because i mean as as weird as it is to see like a bunch of people walking around with vr headsets and stuff i could kind of see something like that happening like you know like it's who doesn't want to escape reality every once in a while and who doesn't get addicted to watching movies or playing video games or reading a book where you you have that sense of escapism and i feel Mm -hmm. like spielberg specifically is one of the few directors who is really able to hone in on that, that, that very human feeling and just explode it into something that's super enjoyable and fun and, and just, you know, has, has a lot of, a lot of heart behind it. You know, Spielberg is, he's, he's a lot of people's favorites because he's, he does projects for the most part that, you know, he really pours his, his heart and soul into. And I feel like that's why Ready Player One was so, so successful in my mind um just just was that the 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 people behind it really cared and uh it was you know it was fun it was just cool to see that stuff on screen and it was it was charming and and i i had a good time with it yeah i mean i I was pleasantly surprised to say the least i thought it was amazing yeah um, and it, it really, well, I really walked away, like really feeling good after that. Yeah. Movie. I felt so good. Just and it, it's, so. you know, the, it's cheesy at points, but it works. Like it, it just worked for me at least. And there's, um, I guess it's been out long enough that we can talk about like spoilers and stuff. Right. I think so. Uh, yeah, I figured. So. Yeah. So, the, and this isn't even spoiling like the end bit but there's there's a moment towards the end i think within the first the last like 10 minutes or so where uh anorak the james halliday his character you're in the game and and he his human form is in the game and you're you're watching it and you're not sure what exactly he's gonna do like at, at the end of this scene and it, it builds up to a point where Wade asks uh, Halliday, he's like, you're not an avatar. Like, what are you? And he, he says, thanks for playing my game, you know, like, and then leaves. And the way I'm putting it is obviously not as special and as cool as it is in the movie, but there's that just mm-hmm. moment of, I, and everyone calls it, you know, Spielberg magic where it's like there's something deeper there and it's a mystery that I may not ever find out, but it's so cool and like just so well done. And and like the acting was perfect and the music was just like perfect. And it was one of those scenes that I was just like, I got like surprisingly emotional about it because I was like, Oh, it's, it's so well done. Like it's, it's all like lining up perfectly. And I, I love when movies do that where they just build to something like that. That's really cool. So Ready Player One, yeah. that specific moment really, really, uh, really touched me, I think. Yeah, that's what I love that Spielberg isn't afraid to take your emotions places. Oh, yeah, you know? not at all. He'll 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 drop you off like the cliff just as soon as he picks you back up. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. 
you're just like, oh, oh, it's just up and down, up and down, up and down. And I love that about his films. Absolutely. But, uh, but uh, well, we are out of time. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on Muddy Water, man. I appreciate it. This was an awesome talk. Like, I feel like we just literally just talked about the philosophic principles of movies. Yeah, like, man. <laughs> uh, who doesn't love talking about that? That's the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. thanks for having me on it was, it was it was a lot of fun yeah man um do you have a blog or anything um i don't have a blog i have a website um some of my reviews are on it it's just if you type it in it's just kylebaileymedia.com kylebaileymedia.com all right so if you want to hear his reviews i'm sure they're awesome <laughs> go there i try or if you're friends Check with me out. on facebook you can see them truth that's right all right man well you have a uh, great evening and thanks for coming on the show i appreciate it no problem man you have a good night too all right bye